0: Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. So, are
1: we
2: ready? We're ready.
1: Preliminary total, $52,842. We. that was yesterday's
2: preliminary total after our one for one holiday food drive with Commerce Bank. Thank you everyone for joining us all day um, and contributing. We know we have a very generous mid Missouri community, um, but you always continue to surprise me and shock me with your generosity. Uh, we will have Lindsay Lopez from the food bank here uh, at 850 with an updated total for the food drive. And we are just, it's hard to believe. 11 days away from Christmas. We know, oh, man. Uh, and we talked to Lindsay before, we know that folks have needs all throughout the year and she reminds us uh, of that, but especially around Christmas it's nice uh, to be generous and be able to give back, so thank you all. Um, you can check out, I think that's still posted on our website, if you missed the food drive yesterday and still want to contribute, we would encourage you to do that. Um, we've also got Raven Harrison here at 710 and we've got Casey Muckler with DHSS here about the 988 Mental Health Line. Um, which apparently Missouri is leading. Is it 988, Hannah? Yeah, it's 988. And Missouri's leading the charge with calls into that line. They've done a really good job of um, promoting it, and so we'll get an update from her. Um, we've also uh, got an update on the Mizzou football schedule, which we will get into here for next year uh, shortly. Well,
3: and another sports team from Mizzou kind of has some big news this week.
2: That's the hockey team, right? Yeah. They bumped up to Division 2. They did. It's so fun. I recently a couple weeks ago went to a hockey game in Jefferson City there at Washington Park. Um, it was uh, everything you would want from a sporting event um, and especially because it's at Washington Park, you get to sit so close but you still got the music and the all that ho- good action from um, from a good hockey game. So uh, I would encourage you to check out their schedule. Um, it's always really fun. We, uh, we are getting some updates let's go ahead and go to the mizzou uh football schedule real quick we got an update yeah uh we have next year's schedule I've got Mark Ellinger here in studio, and actually, both Mark, if you've got the video on, you can see us on YouTube. We did not plan I this, not. but both of us, uh, both uh, Mark and Brian, have their Mizzou stuff on. They're very. This is very well done, you all. Thank yes. you for helping. They, me They out matched here. on purpose, right, John? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. We did. we the same color. We actually like, look black good. and gold. <laughs> exactly.
2: All right. So, what's the breakdown from yesterday?
5: Mark, what sticks out to you? Is my or my mic on there? Uh, yes, your mic's on. Oh, okay, oh, very good. Um, to me, what sticks out is there's two things. Number one, you open with four home games, then the bye week that that sets up really to. I mean, that, that's to, and these are not easy teams. These are you know certainly not Alabama, or anything like that. But these are not easy th- teams. Then you go to A and M on the uh, the fifth of October. You've Not got, the friendliest of no, confines. No, no. <laughs> and they, they're, they're definitely going to try to retool after what happened this past couple seasons. Auburn for homecoming and then going to Alabama before Oklahoma comes to town. It, it's a challenging schedule. But they're also there's two buys which we've had those over the over the years. People think it's every year. It's not. We've we but we've had them from time to time. This past season there was only one buy for teams. But yeah, the, that's the what two buys it. is fluke of the
4: schedule. It's yes. just the way the calendar lies, and it is yes. it's relatively rare. It I mean, is. It, it has to lay out just exactly perfectly to get two buys. I think this things have stepped out to me. I mean, obviously the Alabama game. Is is really really tough, and and depending on how we do this season and who comes back, which seems like most of the guys are going to come back, uh, you know that could be an actual marquee type of you know national matchup yes. um, that a lot of people will be watching. I was actually surprised. I don't think the schedule is as challenging as I had anticipated it might be. Um, you know, obviously we don't have to play Georgia, which is kind of yes. I mean, Good and bad. I think it's developed into a pretty good game. Unfortunately, we tend to not come out on the right end of that, but this is a different way to perhaps prevail. We lose Kentucky, which has developed into a really bitter rivalry between Missouri and Kentucky, and that's kind of a sad thing. But, you know, picking up teams like Mississippi State, um, Auburn doesn't seem to be all that great. A&M, who knows what we'll get with them. How do we end Uh, up
1: playing UMass this year? This coming year,
4: uh, that I that that's, catches, a, that's a paycheck game, yeah. You know, in ba- I guess except for it's at UMass, which is it's bizarre, really
5: odd. And Boston College is 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 coming back here after a, a home. it's basically a home right. and home from a couple years ago. I think you bring up a very good point, Mark, um, about that. It's this because you don't want to get too far ahead of, ahead of ourselves, but it does look like a favorable schedule, and that Alabama game could be huge. I think the Oklahoma game is very yeah. intriguing. There you uh, go. I really do. At Mizzou, at Mizzou, yeah. in a lot of history there, we all remember Billy Sims came to town here in '79. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. I'm still. Everybody talks about the 2010 game. The when when Mizzou beat him, they yeah. were number one. When but John but, McGon kicked off, yes, kicked uh, ran back the
4: initial kickoff the game for touchdown, and it went great from there on. And
3: well, it, and speaking of the Heisman, it, anybody yes. have any strong opinions on where? mizzou's cody schrader ended up in the heisman rankings did anybody see that yeah i
1: think he was 8th was wasn't he yeah eighth. that's pretty
5: pretty awesome i don't know a
3: lot of folks thinking he kind of got snubbed a little bit by that placing
5: i thought you know uh, i i thought he should have been higher up there too it's just they only usually invite the final four to to new york but his numbers were pretty good I do think he should have won the Doak Walker Award. Um, that Ollie, Ollie Gordon, no offense to him, but he did it against Big 12 running backs and didn't do much against uh, Texas in that Big 12 championship game. But but I thought that was interesting. Oklahoma um, brings a lot of tradition, and they will bring a lot of fans here as well. Um, I definitely remember Brian Bosworth. Remember him? I mean, jeez. He was yeah, huge they're, they're going
4: to find it's hard. I think Oklahoma and Texas are in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Football in the SEC, we learned that mm-hmm. uh, when we came in in 2012. Uh, it's a very different schedule. Yes. You don't have any gimmies. You play, every team is big and strong and fast, and uh, you know the pass defense can actually stop the pass, and the running attack is a downhill running attack. And I think uh, these these teams that come in, particularly from the Big 12, which I think plays a soft defense. Uh, really, I think they're in for an adventure. Uh, and, and it's not the one game. I mean, you know, Texas beat Alabama. One game. Uh, the Big early can early always, on, too. Yeah, the Big 12 can always beat somebody in one game if it works out right. It's the grind of going through the schedule and getting pounded on every single week. Yeah. And having to come back and get pounded on the next week. Um, Go, how how many years has mizzou played oklahoma like that
5: that's one
1: of their one of their opponents from back in the early 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 days
5: yeah it's like 100 plus years ago well the west i mean they go back the old missouri valley it, the it original would, Missouri, missouri yeah. valley I, I believe so and certainly it would have been the big eight and then the big 12 yeah. but in terms of the last time uh, i'm going from memory it'd be 2011 the last time they would have play- played them because hmm, when yep. they were in the the old big 12
2: well and it's rare i think that football really intersects with politics but mark someone you know attorney general ashley moody yesterday went ahead and <laughs> launched an antitrust investigation now she does admit to being a lifelong fsu fan right but she said basically now, she's
4: a florida grad Oh, really? She went to Florida as opposed to Florida State, which I thought was ironic.
2: Well, they are, you know, Floridians are not happy about the pick, (laughs) and she said, we've got to launch an investigation. That's kind of strange, right?
4: Yeah, kind of like a collusion investigation. I mean, I have a simple solution for uh, Florida State join the SEC. There you go. Go Knowles. (laughs) All right. Well, we
2: were, we did get an update yesterday. Uh, They voted and they're officially launching an, um, an impeachment inquiry into Hunter Biden. Of course, we've got uh, a lot of statements about the relationship with Joe and Hunter.
4: Have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken
1: to my son about his overseas business dealings. I don't discuss business with my son.
4: I did my job. I
1: never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine because I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters, and I've never discussed them. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses.
2: I like the ominous music playing in the background. It really does make it sound like the walls are closing in on Hunter Biden. But how long have we been talking about this?
4: Uh, Too long. All all the way back to the laptop for sure, which would have been, what, 2019, 2020, I guess, 2020?
2: You think yesterday changes anything, Mark?
4: No. Why not? not? Uh, I mean, they're going to do an investigation. It's going to be like all the other impeachment investigations, a lot of partisan stuff. I mean, I guess my commentary on the house republicans impeachment effort and i saw you know james comer will no longer go on uh, fox and friends in the morning because he doesn't like steve Ducey because he's asked hard questions i guess the one question i would say is we keep reading about all these things where they say well look at all this evidence we found put all the evidence out publicly show uh, it's pretty simple show some actual documentary evidence that Biden got money from the Chinese or Biden got money from the Ukrainians. And, you know, Joe Biden, do you think Joe Joe Biden will get impeached? The problem we've got is there's there's two transactions that they've come up with, both of which are really small dollar amounts. And they were supposedly paybacks of loans. Now, that seems a little stupid. But if you owe somebody money and you're tight on cash and suddenly you get a bunch of cash That is kind of the way you pay off your debts is when you have a bunch of cash, you pay them off.
2: But even if Biden didn't take the actual cash, if Hunter Biden is taking the cash and then Joe Biden is saying, yeah, give my son the cash, I'll do, you know, I'll fire the prosecutor or
4: put pressure on them. to
2: I mean, that's still bad. So
4: where's the evidence of that? Yeah, prove it. I mean, that's all it is, is if there's an email out there. Where Joe Biden For the said, big guy or yeah, something, well, right? There's a text message. But that's the other way. If there's an email where Joe Biden says, I'm going to call the Ukrainians and tell them to fire the prosecutor if they pay Hunter a bunch of money, that's the smoking gun. We got a lot of inference. We got a lot of innuendo. This is the problem I think we've got developed with impeachments. What we've impeached... You know, the last three presidents have been impeached. There was attempts to impeach Obama. There were attempts to impeach... Um, george w bush there were obviously clinton was impeached we're not going to remove a president unless it's something egregiously horribly bad or whether you know one party gets such a huge dominant control of the senate to do a removal so it's all it's become just politics it's not become actually governance anymore and the impeachment process was supposed to be about governance
2: and do you think it has any bearing on the 2024 election
4: not a bit really none I think people... If anything, it'll help
2: Biden. It'll help Biden? Absolutely. Well,
3: I mean, we've seen the same effect with Trump. You know, the harder they try to go after him, it seems like the better he does in the polls.
4: And and unless they come up with the actual evidence, the smoking gun, so to speak, a lot of people in the middle will say... This is just more examples of how they just beaten up on somebody for political gain and there's no value to it. It turns people off.
2: Well, and there, there might be some precedent for this because we have seen transparency under the new speaker. He released all of the J6 stuff, which they had been fighting for. I yep. think our friends from Judicial Watch had been wanting for months and months. And he finally said, yeah, let him have it all. And so, you know, maybe this Congress would say, hey, let's put some of this stuff out.
4: I mean, that's the solution. Dump all the documents. Let people, I mean, let people like John Marsh and and Brian Houseworth dig through that stuff. People who are actually going to look through it and say, look, here, look what I found, as opposed to James Comer or any of the other uh, Congress people going, well, we've seen all sorts of secret stuff. Well, we're not going to talk about it, but we well, see it.
2: But wait a minute, Mark. So are you on Hunter Biden's side? Because he actually did show up yesterday. He did not appear, uh, f- uh, you know, pursuant to the subpoena, but he did have his own... Ooh, there, is, there he is on TV. Yikes. Um, he's a scary-looking dude. Um, he shows up and has his own press conference, and he even kind of... They've even tweaked the relationship a little bit more because now his dad wasn't involved financially with his businesses. They, they were very... Uh, he was very careful to put that word in there. Um, but he showed up... Uh, I think Comer and everyone else has said, we're going to hold him in contempt. Um, but his thing was, look, I'll testify as long as it's public, as long as it's all out in the open. I don't want to do a closed door
4: uh, deposition. Well, he doesn't want to do a deposition. I mean, that's the difference.
2: Can he, he, we, would we get anything anyway? I mean, from a
4: deposition, not... probably. You think? Yeah. I mean, you have lawyers asking questions with yeah. documents. You don't have the grandstanding from the very, you know, it, you've watched a congressional hearing. It's five minutes of like, I gotta give my speech, followed by a question that gets to nothing followed by your time has expired, and now it's time for the next person oh, to give a Oh,
2: come on. I mean, I think some university presidents might have something to say about getting denied. <laughs> that, that one went a little bit differently. Hey, hey,
4: didn't affect the Harvard president. They said they have unanimous support for her position. Oh, uh,
2: well, we'll see how long that lasts. All right, well, coming up next, we've got your Daily DC Rundown. We've got some updates on funding and some uh, big SCOTUS updates yesterday that we're going to get to.
0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's official talk show. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Official talk show? What does that even mean? Official? Well, listen, it is selective
5: justice when it comes to Hunter Biden, because here's the truth, Laura. If he didn't have the last name of Biden, he'd be in prison already. Everybody knows that
2: is Senator Josh Hawley talking to Laura Ingram getting us into the Daily DC rundown. Do you believe that Mark? If his I mean it is selective justice. Absolutely
4: it's selective justice. And At least it's selective outrage if it's not selective justice. <laughs> How about that?
2: That's fair. That's fair. Well speaking of selective justice, uh President Trump. Uh, is it has a, a lot of ongoing legal battles but based on what the so the supreme court said that they were going to take a couple of cases yesterday we think this is basically the last regularly scheduled announcement of what they plan to hear this term but actually one of the cases that they said they might hear or that they're going to hear could affect president trump's
4: uh one of his cases right well i think there's actually two cases That the court is looking at yes Um, one of them is actually Trump's case it's actually an official it's the question of whether official immunity applies or not which Mm -hmm. couldn't apply to anyone else Um, and that's the reason that currently the J6 uh, trial is on pause because technically the Supreme Court has that case they could remand it they could address the question of official immunity yay or nay Uh, They could send it back to the Court of Appeals. I think it's the D.C. Circuit Court of Mm -hmm. Appeals. You know, in in which case there would be further delay and would have a significant impact on the timing of his trial.
2: So the Trump campaign yesterday said the judge's decision to pause the case is a big win for President Trump, but it's really the first win because everything under Judge Chutkin has been a a nay for Trump. I mean, they've lost everything. She reinstated the gag order. Now, this doesn't affect the gag order. It's still there. We don't really know how long this is going to take, but this is the first even hint, um, this pause by the judge that's a positive for Trump, right?
4: I mean... Be careful what you consider a positive. I mean, the Supreme Court may come down. I, you know, frankly, I think they will not say there's official immunity for what he did and uh, probably send it back for trial. There's another case that got taken, and it's from somebody who was convicted of a January uh, 6th crime. This is Joseph
2: Fisher. Yep. He was charged with assaulting a police officer, disorderly conduct in the Capitol, and obstruction of a congressional proceeding.
4: And it's the last one uh, that has, it's a broad catch-all that uh, has been used by the federal prosecutors against most of the people in the January 6th trial.
2: 300 of them.
4: And uh, it's a real key component of Jack Smith's indictment against Trump on the January 6th trial. If, if the court finds that that's overbroad and can't be used to prosecute this type of activity, not only does it affect many of these other cases, it potentially guts the uh, indictment against Trump.
2: Big Trump news yesterday. Thanks for that recap, Mark. Now, up next... I think it's Boston's mayor that's giving us a new way to possibly celebrate Christmas. You're going to want to you're going to want to hear this.
0: <laughs> Thanks for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number 1 choice in the morning.
2: With all the AI recently, sometimes I see a news story and I just have to think to myself: Is this real? Am I being punked? Is this made up? <laughs> double and check and make sure you're not on the Babylon Bee. <laughs> I try, but sometimes the things uh, things are just getting to be so outrageous and unbelievable that I have to double check my sources. And Mark, you told me about this yesterday, and I thought, Are you? Hey, what,
4: you didn't actually believe me when I first said it.
2: I said I've got to see it in writing, and there actually is an official email. You can see a picture of this email that the Boston mayor sent out, or I guess her staff member sent out right. accidentally now she has different way a different way of celebrating christmas than most of us i think um and she's taking some heat for it
4: mark what did she decide to do she is having a christmas party uh Aww, how for, nice of her for electeds of color okay um, and they sent an invitation out to the entire boston city council uh, of whom six are of color and seven of whom are white and then 15 minutes later sent out an invitation rejection or recall whatever you would call it saying um <laughs> uh, to the, all seven of you that are white you're not invited see, oh, it's it, we're, we're we're gonna be racist here we're only gonna allow people of color to come to this party i wow. mean it, you talk about you talk about just blatant racism of course this is the same city that has harvard that has a black american graduation separate that white folks aren't allowed to to walk across the stage on
2: well and many people in boston are saying this is our problem right we live in a divided community and as the the mayor you're further dividing us why, yeah. why would you do this
4: and and here's the ultimate irony of it her husband is white Oh.
2: <laughs> so the but question is, invited. is she going
4: without her husband or not? There you go.
2: That would be so weird if they followed <laughs> it up and, like, significant others are only invited. <laughs> if. And then you think about, like, and I like to play kind of the game of opposites. You think about what would the outrage be if a city council sent something out and said, this is a white party
1: only. That, they I mean, burn City Hall to the ground.
2: It's just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, in and. Today, and, and you know, I go back and forth. There are some organizations that I'm a part of that are like women's organizations, and they will have like Christmas gatherings. But you're, Mark, you're uninvited all year long, not just at Christmas. I guess. <laughs> so does but, that make it better? I mean, should are you anti like a women's law Christmas I mean, party? I mean,
4: I guess my question would be, why would you why would you say you're intentionally going to segregate i mean kind of the whole concept we were supposed to try to get to in this country was martin luther king's comment of i judge people by the content of the character not by the color of their skin or i guess by what chromosome they're born with and i mean here we are we have now divided our nation into a point where all we see is what little segments we are we're not we don't even talk about being Americans anymore. Yeah, we love we have, labels. Yeah, we have to be Black Americans or Hispanic Americans or Gay Americans or why can't we just be Americans? I think the I think the name slash asterisk before America we should just ban because that's the division. It we really should just, all be the well, same. Well, they've got
1: the group in Boston that's called the Elected Officials of Color, and that were are behind approaching the mayor on the on this whole concept for the. For their holiday get-together
4: it just seems yeah kind of divisive it, i guess it's for- it, it's just consummate racism i mean that's what it is if it, you you said it exactly right stuff if you say it the other way around it's Everybody would say it's racist.
2: Clearly racist. Well, and I think too, it's the exclusion. And I think you know, I was talking to a friend in in really large businesses, right? And a lot of times when you're in these huge companies, they will have kind of interest groups as part of their company culture. And so maybe they have a group of women that meet. Maybe they have a group of you know international folks who are you know part of the company who kind of meet and talk and you know just align interests. And I know um, the person I was talking to said, yeah, the, the, um, there's a pride group, right? And mentioned they're all having all these christmas parties all the time right and and you know gatherings of those interest groups that meet all year round that's not just a party and but the point of the thing was she said hey yeah i'm and i'm going to go to the pride one and I, I know this person is not a member of the lgbtq community and thinking well why are you going to that one you know and, but they were op- they were having the interest parties but they weren't exclusive if you wanted to go you could go and and of course these are the same communities who always want you to be an ally right and so but then if you so what if you are an ally of um black elected officials and supportive can you you're still uninvited
4: uninvited don't show up, That's you know if you want to ask people about what it's like to be as you say quote quote an ally, ask about American Jewish people and about their allies in the uh, liberation movement
3: well, and to me, it's made even worse by the fact that they were invited and then uninvited i think it
2: would have been slightly better if they just weren't invited in the first place i was thinking about that have you ever been uninvited and been like really excited to go to something and someone's like oh i accidentally invited you i don't
4: I'm nah, i not think I don't, I, don't, I don't think i've ever
2: i'm sure i have accidentally been invited to things
3: but nobody ever went back on it <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and i well and i'm thinking the other way like i've forgotten to invite people that i should that's also bad but having to uninvite people Or even recall an email. That's embarrassing.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I did that just yesterday, actually. It wasn't anything bad, but just... Emailed the wrong person and had to be like, oh, ha ha, just kidding, sorry. Well, the mayor
2: or her staff
3: emailed <laughs> oh, so the wrong people Oh, so you were kidding well.
1: when you sent me that email? Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're officially uninvited, John. Sorry. Um,
1: well, look at the Harvard University president showing up at the menorah lighting for the the Habad organization and all with with all her anti-Semitic uh, Semitic, you know comments she's been spouting.
4: Well, just remember Damage the bar- The board of Harvard has unanimously said they support support her. Yep, and everything she says, I can't does.
2: believe it. Now the other two presidents are gone, or no, only the one?
4: president of Penn. Yeah, yep, Liz McGill and the board, the president of their board of governors or whatever it's called, also resigned.
2: Well, and I think so. I think maybe university presidents are on people's mind now, and they're like, oh, we got to look at these university presidents because I've seen two pieces recently here locally um, about university presidents, and I like they're almost written like hit pieces. Like, can you believe? So the Missouri, I think someone called it the Missouri Never Independent or not independent (laughs) um, had a story about um, Moon Choi. And can you believe how much money he's being paid? Oh my goodness, it's an outrage. Um, And I'm thinking, can you believe having that guy's job? I mean, that is some serious... Serious stuff. He and now he actually has the role of two two folks, and so the university. There's all this back and forth in the article about. Well, actually, we're saving money because we condensed two roles, and he's doing the work of two people. Um, and at the pay, like compared to what we're paying our
4: football coaches, um, <laughs> or basketball,
2: it seems kind of like like he's getting pennies, and he's in charge of the whole thing, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, and and the university's been successful since he's taken over. I mean, think about you know he took over in what like. I don't know, five six years ago, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, think about how bad things were under the prior when you had the twenty fifteen issues on campus. And you know, we had we haven't had winning football for a long time. We suddenly have winning football. People are excited. SEC
3: Coach of the Year.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think they've done a good job. And don't you want to reward people who are doing a good job?
3: Well, and it was cool. Like when I was on Mizzou's campus, you would just happen to run into Moon Choi all the time, and I always thought that that was kind of cool and i don't know if it's unique necessarily but it's just it's cool to run into you know the head
4: honcho while you're walking to class and 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 the other thing that i think is neat just as a sports fan is he's genuinely excited about sports it's pretty funny i mean it's not like he's this academic who's like oh yeah i have to tolerate the sports because of my academic credentials he's genuinely excited about he's
1: really into matter of fact the last time we were we were at cc's We saw Moon Choi and Coach Drink having dinner together there.
2: (laughs) Well, I agree with you, Mark. I think if you're doing a good job, you should get rewarded. The article says uh, that the curators keep Moon Choi's salary increases under the radar, like something like dark money, something bad is going on here. Um, But then they do, uh, you know, the article does point out uh, other uh, folks' um, base salary at other big universities. And he's actually, you know, right in line or a little bit less than that. And yeah, he's gotten salary increases over the last several years because the university is doing really well i think you know he could point to a whole host of things um especially things during covid all that i mean just i think he's doing a fantastic job and i think anybody you know whether or not they're keeping it under the radar or not obviously they have all the information in this article so it's not that far under the radar um but i think that's i think this art. i was just i was kind of shocked to see this.
4: And you know, unlike some universities where you've seen a lot of problems where they've overspent and not had the revenues. I mean, look at the next gen medical building that they've built, uh, the Women's Children's Hospital. They're investing not just in the pure academics or sports. They're investing in things that have huge impact in the community and the state.
2: Yeah, all this that's done with the
3: reactor. You know, Um, maybe we should call Moon Choi uh, because, John, you remember Scott Fawn when he was Hanging out with us the other day, he was trying mm-hmm. to get us Cotton Bowl tickets for Moon
2: Choi. That's right. Maybe we need to call him this morning and check in and say, "Hey, what's the status on those?" There. Well, and the other article I saw was ABC Seventeen had an article up about the Columbia College uh, president and or the former president, and they uh, recently had some layoffs and said, "Hey, they were experiencing all these financial losses, but at the same time, they were paying the former president." And I'm pretty sure that was a uh, part of his like severance and compensation agreement, I'm like, yeah, let's just stop paying him and then get sued. That'll be less expensive, right? Yeah. You know, so,
1: what's the old line we hear about, uh, Mark? deferred compensation, which means a whole lot of bucks that's
4: not included in the base salary. Yeah, although I think this had to do with the separation agreement. I'm not sure this was like, uh, I'm not sure this is like, I earned it in the past and you still have to pay it out. I think this is a, uh, these are payments to say goodbye. I think that,
2: yeah, I think that. (laughs) I'll go, yeah. (laughs) And I think you're right, Mark, but at the same time, to criticize what's happening currently based on, you know, whenever this agreement occurred and them still like upholding the obligations that they had, I'm not sure there's anything they can do once once they, I mean, signed that agreement. So to say, like, well, they shouldn't be, you know, paying him, That that's kind of water under the bridge at this and,
4: point. And it's a private college, isn't it?
2: I believe it's not
4: public, so Mm -hmm. it's no different than a private business. Um, But I think people are
2: critical because, you know, they were having to lay people off and you never want to do that. But at the same time, you know, universities are facing a lot of the same pressures that everyone else is. I just think maybe this congressional hearing maybe has kind of like made people heightened. (laughs) Their senses are heightened about university presidents. But I really think there's uh,
4: you know not a lot here. You're not going to see the Missouri Independent uh, go after anybody for talking about, you know, Hamas or any of that stuff that that's the non-republican news organizations over there and and as a result they pick on these other things.
2: Yeah. Well, they need to pick on somebody besides Moon Choi in my opinion. All right. Agreed. <laughs> Coming up next, uh Pinterest has all of the 2024 predictions and Mark and Hannah, I've talked to both of you separately about this and you guys I think have
4: something to say about <laughs>
2: Pinterest. You disagree, pretty I think we're, they're all lamos. I yeah, think they're right on. Uh,
4: I think I think this is just fake news once again.
2: But if you're a small business owner, you got to be up with the trends and Pinterest says it's right 80% of the time, stick around for the 2024 predictions.
0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Tell your friends you listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri.
2: What is going to be on trend for 2024? Huh. I'm here to tell you.
3: I'm not even caught up with what was on trend in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, you're still
2: stuck. Like you're you're way before your time. You're you're just a grandma. I am. I came out of the womb with the soul of an old lady. Well, you're in luck because <laughs> Pinterest is saying eclectic grandpa is actually going to be like the style. Oh, good. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is that supposed to mean? I'm in luck. You are in luck. Uh, Grand Grandpa core or something is like the new thing. Um, But Pinterest is coming out with a trends report. (laughs) They do say they've been accurate... Um, about 80% success rate for the last four years in a row. And I think this is really interesting because if you've been on Pinterest, you can like pin different pictures, but a lot of it is about fashion and shopping and that kind of thing. And what they're tracking is what are people searching for? And that kind of gives you an indication of what they might be interested in. And I think even more importantly, we talk about political polls and the raw numbers aren't really that great. What's, you know, what you find out more is when the, where the trend is going. And that's what Pinterest is monitoring. So they're saying, um, for instance, this, one of the trends they say is um make it big and they said chunky <laughs> chunky Ow. hoops has a uh, has is up 45% big braid hairstyle searches up 30% Wavy perm for men, 50%. I will never get that hairstyle. Someone recently... Back
1: to the 80s. That's yeah, what... John, exactly. That's what I'm saying.
2: All of these, I feel like we're just flashing back. This whole wavy perm thing for, like, teenagers, they have that hair, and I heard someone describe it as, like, broccoli, and <laughs> now I will never un- unsee that, in that, like, their head looks like the shape of broccoli. They've got this skinny little head, and then this, like, poofy,
3: well, hair. What's truly unfortunate is members of my generation think that they're being cool and original... When they start all these trends, and it's just the same repeated trends yep. <laughs> that have been around.
4: Yeah, it, remember, remember a few years ago, bell-bottoms were really popular? They had come back from the 70s. Like, I feel like you know, they're it was still like popular. A big, it was like a big deal. Hey, look at these cool new pants bell-bottoms. that everybody was older like, yeah, you know, yep, huggers. come yeah. on, you know, nothing new.
2: I thought this exact thing when they said that the latest thing is going to be knockout workouts. Um they said the ultimate 2024 stress reliever is punching the air um, and that people have been googling this like shadow boxing workout and it made That's me That's so embarrassing. Oh, I was all into this. Have you do you know <laughs> <who this is? laughs> Yes. All
5: right. Yeah. All right, well, we got it at home ready to get down too. We're going to start first with a nice warm-up, and then we're going to start with a little stretch and get right into the... That's
2: Billy Blanks from Tai Bo. I used to do those workouts on VHS.
4: Never heard of it. And was like,
2: oh, come on, you never did Tai Bo?
4: I never heard of Billy Blanks, for sure.
2: Are you serious? <laughs> oh,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> It was really popular when now I now who's thinking,
3: now who's an old lady.
2: Well, yeah, I think, exactly. I think I'm splitting the difference here, but I think I was thinking the same thing. It's like kick, like air kickboxing. We've been doing that forever. How is that a trend?
4: I, I will give the I will give Pinterest credit for one. How about this? Okay, rest stops.
2: Okay, what's okay? that? Okay,
4: that's like instead of going on vacation and run, 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 run. It's, like, how to go on vacation and maybe, like, be a little more laid back and rest and get some sleep.
2: Okay, that, I'm good that, with I that is yeah. down with the napping, for sure. <laughs> well, a couple
3: years ago, my now husband's family, like, we went on a beach vacation. And at the end of the trip, you know, my in-laws were asking all of the kids, what was your favorite part about the trip, you know, as parents do? And most of us said that it was nice to not have it super scheduled out. And just have several days to, you know, if we wanted to go play on the beach, we could do that. We could swim in the pool. We could take a nap. It was nice to just relax. I don't know. So,
4: so I will say, as a Gen Xer, the nice thing about looking through this is it's by and large, Gen Xers are not involved in any of these Pinterest things. There's only one or two of them. So, I think this is pretty much a y'all thing. It's a Millennials <laughs> and a Gen Z thing. This is not for for Gen X. It, once again, proof our generation's There's the best a lot of, of
1: throwback stuff in there. There huh? really
2: is. And I want to say that I was ahead of the trend for this one. And so, you guys are going to think that I'm joining the Pinterest trend, but I've been doing this for a while now. They said bow stacking. You have so, I will I will vouch for you. I have a bow earring. I've been wearing the bows in my hair. I've been doing it for a while and now I'm kind of sad because Pinterest has said it's going to be a trend for 2024 so I'm going to have to, you know, come up with something else. Well, I'm the, sad about it. The
3: one category I can get behind is this they're, they're calling it inch stones mm. instead of milestones <laughs> and it's basically
2: <laughs> it's
3: finding, very Gen Z. Yeah, it's basically finding small things to celebrate. The specific example that they gave is like with your baby, you know, a first tooth. Like, let's you know make a cupcake that looks cute to celebrate. Like celebrating the little things in life, and I think that that's. I think that that's sounds cute. like
1: giving kids participation trophies, even okay. when they finished last in the little league bracket.
2: <laughs> I'm with you on that, John. Or it kind of sounds like having birthday parties for your pets. Well, well, yeah. That, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I'm not a pet girl. You know, dogs are people, too. (laughs) Oh, please. All right. Coming up, we are going to talk to Raven Harrison. I am sure she has words about Hunter Biden. And then at 810, we will talk to DHSS about the new mental health line and how that's going.